Well, welcome once again to the podcast, uh, Marysville Church of the Nazarene. And so <laughs> we're here for just another exciting installment. And so, uh, Should we acknowledge the absence of our last one or do we just, oh, oh sorry. I'll take I hope you enjoyed last week's podcast. Yeah. Last week's was great. <laughs> we want you to spend all morning trying to find last week's podcast. Uh, no, please don't. And, We've had so many emails of people asking us where it's at. Yeah. So we feel like we need to say we had an audio technical difficulty. We actually didn't have anybody email. No, the but. ironic part was that a good portion of our discussion was about technology that was supposed to make your life easier and made it more difficult or the ways that technology had failed you. And yeah. So, I hadn't thought about that. That's a good point. I thought about that. I was like, well, we irony that, of ironies. Yeah, in ministry, we call that an object lesson. Yes. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Right? So we right eliminated down. last week's podcast just so you For can eliminate stress easy. from your life. You're welcome. <laughs> well, Mara, why don't you give us a, a breakdown of the series? All right. So we are in the middle of this series called Fuse Breaker. And when you see that graphic, which is that overloaded plug with the sparks, <laughs> I feel like we can all relate, like we've been there. There's not one more place to plug anything in. And if anything, we need to, we need to unplug some of those things. So we've been using um, the Lord's Prayer as, as kind of a foundation, as a framework to this, this call to simplicity, to letting go, refocusing, um, making sure that the things that we are plugging into our lives are the things that are, are bringing life to us and to other people. So Josh, do you want to go ahead and read the Lord's Prayer again yeah, for us? Yeah, so this is again our kind of our centering uh, scripture for the whole series. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Did you guys memorize the Lord's Prayer as a child? Was that one of the verses you memorized for a student? Um, yeah. So I like I don't I don't remember reciting it a lot as a kid, but I remember when I would go to my grandma's house, uh, Collinsville Presbyterian. Um, they would say it every every Sunday, and so when I was there, I remember saying it. And so it was. Yeah. What's interesting though is like you memorize one version of it. And so then when you when we try to do this in unison on Sunday mornings and like everybody has a, a slightly different thing memorized and so you just kind of uh, I just kind of mumble through some of it cuz I don't know what we're going to say. That's that's why I went back to the I used the New King James version last mm-hmm. Sunday because I it's closer yeah to what yeah. people memorize. Yeah. Most people memorize King James version. Yeah. Right. Now that was the I did um a sermon for the um, for the community. I can't remember. It must have been a Good Friday sermon, um, and I had everybody recite um, John three sixteen as they learned it. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it was really cool because I had different. You yeah. know, and I said that's kind of how the church is. We express John yeah. three sixteen, yeah. but maybe in different ways. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. No, I remember. I mean, I've had this memorized since I was a child. But I know I've talked about this before. Like I grew up going to a Catholic church. As my dad's um, background was that. So I mean, yeah, from the time I was very young. I mean, every Sunday we I knew the Catholic, I knew the um, the creeds, I knew uh, Lord's Prayer, so that just kind of very much became part of that. Like that was what church was. We had all these things, and so even now, um, if I will go and sit in a mass, like some of the stuff, like they just come back to you. The the call and response, it's like it just awakens a part of my memory that I kind of forget is there. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Now, see, I can't remember memorizing it, but I, you know, I sure heard, we sure heard it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though I grew up in a Nazarene church, and it wasn't. Part of a you know it was a typical Nazarene church where we didn't do a lot of uh, 
um, uh, of creeds and things. Yes. Um, yeah. Has your view of the prayer changed over the years? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, again, like my memories of it as a kid was at my grandma's church, and it was one of, like, it was one, it was that, it was the, uh, uh, what's it called, the Gloria Patri, um, which is like a sung, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, um, as it was in the beginning. Yeah, anyway, and so like, that was my memories of it then. It's just like it was, you know, something that they did at their church and, and every every Sunday. Um, I think my my appreciation for it really started in college um, with uh, Dr. Sanders, uh, Terrell Sanders. Um, it was my professor. Of, I think it was the, the worship class, theology of worship, uh, and, and kind of the way that he broke it down, like the way that he broke many things down, <laughs> and changed my appreciation for lots of things. But that was one of it, uh, just the way that he, uh, again, this whole idea of everything is a response that we do, uh, we respond to God in our lives. And so painting this kind of as a response, um, yeah, it certainly changed my appreciation for it. And I think that's, you know, talking about the response, you know, I've emphasized what's probably not in the prayer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more, but but I, I love that, yep. that if that is the church's response, yep. that, that that's the that's the disciples saying, yours is the power, yeah. yours is the kingdom, yours mm-hmm. is the glory forever. Yeah. Amen. For sure. Yeah. When Finley will be like forever and ever and ever and ever. I mean, she just, <laughs> yeah, just keep tacking on the evers. That's good. <laughs> ever, 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 what about yeah, you, Mara? Yeah, I feel like this is one of those things that, I mean, because it has just been like kind of woven into the fabric so long, it's, if you don't just stop and think about it, it just becomes that thing. If somebody starts to say the first verse, like before you even know it, your your mouth is saying the words, but your your brain isn't even processing them. And so I think kind of coming back to it as an adult and really kind of digging into um, so much of Jesus's ministry and how in a lot of ways, like this prayer reflected so much of even what he was doing in his ministry, how he was showing the people. When he says, like, your kingdom come, your will be done, like, he was showing them what that looked like in the way that he was treating them and ministering to them. But then also in this prayer is is also a picture of what the kingdom of God looks yeah, like. We right. have what we need. We forgive as we're forgiven. Yeah. We walk not into temptation, like these things. So, like, even in this prayer, I'm saying your kingdom come, but I'm also kind of elaborating on that. What is yeah. that really going to look like in my life? Yeah. yeah, I think that's one of the, like, Probably from this, my appreciation, like the the main thing has been that focus on your kingdom come here, right here, right now. Like Jesus wasn't saying someday in the future. And so that that's really shaped my, I don't know if you want to call it theology or whatever of like, this isn't a, like all of this Jesus stuff isn't just about some future that we get to take part in, right? It's, right. it's here and now. And this, and this prayer was significant in, in kind of shaping that for me and understanding yeah. that it is here. But you're right. I, I love how it doesn't just say your kingdom come. Like it's, this mm-hmm. is what that looks like. Right. But even as Jesus was saying it, like it's easy to look and be like, Oh, well he was kind of talking about his death and resurrection and all mm-hmm. of those things. But it's like, even as he was saying that and teaching them, like he was showing he was them what that. that looked like when he started his ministry and said like, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Mm-hmm. What does he immediately start to go do? Heal people, yeah. set people free. These kinds of things where it's like, yeah this is what this looks like, that the kingdom of heaven is near. For sure. That's good. Yeah, my, my, I, I agree with you guys. I, I, I think as I learned this as a child, um, I, I didn't see the depth of it. I mean, it almost mm-hmm. seems simple. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it is simple. It is. Right. But the depth with the simplicity mm-hmm. is, um, and, and the invitation of it is, is astounding. 
what God's inviting us, what Jesus is inviting us to do through this prayer. Mm-hmm. Now, la- last week we talked about simplicity, and we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about it, but it was interesting. Um, we were watching, we're doing, in my small group, we're doing Love Does, the Bob Golf mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. And he has a, a video series, and I was able to show the first video from the for free. Now I think I've got to Teaser. But uh, he says in this video, he says, every Thursday I give something up. <laughs> <laughs> he goes every Thursday. He says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna give something up every Thursday to make space in my life." And, and I, you know, we we kind of laughed about that in, in our small group about what that means. But how important is it to be willing to build into the fabric of your life this ideal of giving things up? I mean, I think it because the opposite of that is hoarding, right? right, right. <laughs> and holding on to everything. And the truth is, and I think that that's kind of the, the gist of this whole series, is that we simply can't hold on to everything. Um, we're, we're just not, we're not capable of that. No, to use the, the fuse breaker analogy, like no, uh, no circuit is built to hold an infinite, uh, or to power an infinite amount of, of things. And so we just... Uh, Except my basement circuit. <laughs> circuit's got everything on it. I just I can't help. I, I think I keep thinking of the Christmas vacation. Yeah. And uh, and his all of his lights plugged in oh, one play, and it's just a stack yes. of <laughs> switch. Oh gosh. What but a we great live like that. We oh, live for like sure, that. for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I think it's a man. I, I don't know. There's I think there's a whole lot of reasons, but um, well, we're in a culture of you know accumulating and getting more, whether it's more power, more prestige, more status, or more possessions. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also kind of a, a comfort thing, right? Like, um, I, I'm secure because I have this and I, you know, I like, and that idea of giving up is kind of countercultural. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I think you've used this phrase, like the idea of like, do you have things or do your things have you? Mm-hmm. And last week, and I mean, I'm, I'm, my small group is the fifth and sixth graders upstairs and they, I mean, they can go deep and like sure. there's times I'm like, I just love the way that mm-hmm. they are hearing this and, and starting to interpret it and like really apply it. And we were talking about this idea of like denying yourself, picking up your cross um, along the lines of like, what does it profit you to gain the whole world, but lose mm-hmm. your soul? And this idea that just getting and getting and getting and getting, like you become a slave to those things. Yep. And one of the yep. girls was like, when they say lose your life, she goes, I don't think that means die. She goes, I think that means you just wasted it. Like you had this whole life and you did nothing with it. Yeah, it's <laughs> and like right. out of the mouth of babes, like yep, that's, that's so right. profound because yeah, <laughs> we aren't just sitting here afraid of dying. We're afraid of not living yeah. and not living well. Yeah, right. It's mm. good. We're going to be talking about um, finding ourselves in God's will instead of our will. And, yeah. uh, I'm going to talk about to-do list, and, and the question is, it's, a, it's the same question we can ask in a number of different ways. Do, do you control your to-do list, or does your to-do list control you? And, <laughs> and, and oftentimes... I don't have a to-do list. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've set myself free from that. No, no, much to my husband's chagrin. I'm, I'm terrible like, with Please my to-do list. Please write something down. You have a Ryan do list too, right? Yeah. No, Ryan has a Mara do list. <laughs> that's why you don't have a to-do list because you right. just push it all on to <laughs> So, I'm sorry. That's, no, that's okay. So, so we gotta we gotta look, examine all these things. What's what's controlling your life? Yeah. I mean, when we talk about simplicity, um, simplicity is an invitation to stop having to control everything, having mm-hmm. to do everything, having to be everything, every everything for everybody, and and just allow God to to be sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we talked about a little bit last week. But this week we talked about um, forgiveness, and. Uh, 
I think this is really tough to teach it from Jesus. Um, yeah. When he's talking about forgiveness, you know, I, I think all of us can acknowledge, hey, we, we need God's forgiveness. But Jesus isn't inviting us to forgive um, perceived harms. Jesus is inviting us to release real hurts. And I, I think it's a very uh, difficult thing. So, so I'm just curious, you guys' process, as you go through, and, and all of us have a process. I don't, I don't you know, may, maybe you guys are better than me, but the process of forgiveness is a process to, yeah. to me. That, that it's not yeah. like all of a sudden, like, oh, you know, right. I'm just going to let it go. That's right. But there's a process that, that I have to go through in my mind. What mm -hmm. What's the process you guys go through to um, get to forgiveness? Yeah. I think, so <laughs> this is this is just saying exactly what you just said, but, but like the way we say that, the process to get to forgiveness um, still kind of makes that, and I, I don't necessarily think that that's wrong because um, we do want to get to forgiveness, but again, that idea of like forgiveness as the process. Um, and so I think, I, I don't know, I, I don't, I guess I don't, I don't know that I have like a, a formula or a set out process, but I think it is, it's a, for me, um, it's a, it's like a daily, if not hour by hour kind of choice to just, um, to, to choose to forgive, um, which ultimately for me, like, I think it, it means like it's, it's releasing that person from, um, from my desire to kind of get even. <laughs> um, and so it is just that, that daily. And, and the truth is, is like, even after choosing to forgive, um, like I would be lying if I said there aren't days that follow where I'm like, I want to take that back. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think it is that, that choice as opposed to this like final ultimate, um, uh, that's not to say that I don't think that we can get there because I think that we can, but I think that process is significant. Um, and the way that we portray that, I think as, I think we talked about, I was trying to remember what sermon series we talked about forgiveness in not too long ago. I was thinking there was, um, yeah. I don't know. I can't, I can't remember what it is. Um, but we talked about this, and I think that as uh, in a pastoral role um, in kind of guiding someone in this process, I think it is significant that we, how we portray this, um, uh, and, it, and and that we don't portray it as like a like this is an overnight you're choosing to forgive this person, and then it's it's never going to pop up. So I think that the way that we um, portray this and, and lead people in this is is important. Yeah. That was a really long answer. For, <laughs> for your but I, I agree. I think it is that process and that thing that, yeah, you don't, I, like, I wish sometimes it'd be like the whole forgive and forget, like, man, wouldn't that be <laughs> so be much easier? Because the process to even get to the point where you're ready to walk in forgiveness means that you have to be super honest mm -hmm. and you actually have to address and look at the hurt for what it is. And sometimes I'm kind of one of those people, like, I want to push things away, pretend like things didn't bother me, like, mm -hmm. and... To be honest, that that's just another form of unforgiveness because right. I haven't yeah. addressed, mm -hmm. I haven't called it out for what it is, yeah. I haven't that's looked right. at the way that it's affecting me, and that's I right. haven't released it. Um, so yeah, like you said, like though it's it, it sometimes yeah it's it's a daily thing because because obviously the enemy wants to keep reminding you of all the ways that hurt you yeah. and all the lingering effects sometimes mm -hmm. of those things. And if you aren't choosing to just keep extending forgiveness anyway. It's very easy to get trapped back into where you do. You kind of, kind of take it back. Well, yeah, I thought I thought I was over this, but I'm I'm really not. So I'm gonna yeah. I need to I'm gonna hang on to this yeah. for a little bit longer. And often the people that hurt us the most are people we still live in close community right. with. Mm -hmm. And so it's not even a question of well that 
happened and I can forgive them and I can just move forward with my life. It's like, no, every time I see your face, I have to remember that I have chosen to forgive you mm-hmm. and to walk, walk in wholeness. And, and besides that, I mean, when, when Jesus is talking about forgiveness, he's talking about an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. This may, you know, we always see this as, oh, it's a harm and it's done and I forgive. Uh, but this invitation to forgive is an invitation to continue in forgiveness, even if someone is still hurting you. Um, not, not that you open yourself up for harm or put yourself in dangerous circumstances. I mean, I think there's, there's self-protection here. Yeah. Uh, w- when Jesus, now see, I think one of the things that has to happen when we, when we come to this place is we have to recognize it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think too often we just ignore it. Mm-hmm. We sweep it under the rug. We, mm-hmm. we, we think that, well, forgiveness means I just ignore this. That's not, that's not the invitation here. Um, this is a third way um, yeah. practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, typically, we fight or flight. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the two things. And Jesus yeah. is saying, no, no not, not fight or flight, forgiveness. Uh, something mm-hmm. up here. And, and so to forgive You've got to recognize, you've got to evaluate what's happened. Um, sometimes in my life, when I'm doing that evaluation, what I find out is I'm just an idiot. You know, there, there, there's no harm. Never had that happen. They didn't do anything. Like? I'm, I'm just a dingbat that's taken something out of context or sure. made something out of it. Yeah. It's not, yeah. you know, come on, grow up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, you know, there's that evaluation of what really happened. Uh, how have I been harmed? How do I want to respond? <laughs> How should I respond? Uh, you know, all those things go into it. And then, and then, you know, to me, I, I always say, and I, I maybe this isn't the right way of thinking. Forgiveness is less about me and the other person, and more about me and God. Yeah. It, it's about my relationship with God. Uh, am I going to release this with Him? And I think I used the phrase Sunday that forgiveness is trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so really when we have an unforgiveness or we struggle with unforgiveness, what I think Jesus wants us to see is that we're struggling to trust in God, not just with the other person. Um, what do you think of that? I mean, am I wrong on that or is that in the right way? No, I think there is an element of trust. I mean, because if we believe that it's true, that it says like we've all sinned and fallen short, like we're trusting God. Like, yeah, like I've sinned, they've sinned. Like, what you say is true. Like I, I, I can't hold their sin against them because you don't hold mine against me. And like that, I have to trust that the way you forgive me, you do equip me to forgive other people that way. And I think I'm learning that there is also just this element of humility in, um, in being willing to forgive because I, as an adult come to realize that there's probably many times that people have offered me forgiveness that I didn't even know I needed to ask for. And so like there's that part where I'm like, that's just very humbling to me to think that there are times when people have perceived that I have hurt them or maybe, or maybe I have indeed hurt them and I just didn't even realize it. And maybe I don't even have the chance to make that amend anymore because that person's no longer around. And so when I think about the times that I'm sure forgiveness has been offered to me, um, I don't know, that, that just kind of catches me if I, if I find myself unwilling to offer that. I was just thinking of this, um, of trusting God. I think trusting God for what? Because, like, my temptation is to, like, by forgiving and releasing, like, my temptation is to, I'm like, I'm going to trust God that he's going to take care of this. And, like, um, 
Uh, I mean, I, I, you, there's there's scriptures that kind of suggest that of like you know like vengeance is is God's alone or whatever. And so like there is that part where I'm like, okay, I'm going to trust God. Like I'm going to trust God to really take care of this uh, of this this problem. So like my my temptation is uh, by trusting God in this forgiveness process is a very human uh, kind of way of thinking of this of like okay I want to trust God to take care of this and I don't want God to, <laughs> I don't want God to take care of this in a loving way right <laughs> like I want, I want I want this vengeance to come uh, the in, in Romans like the uh, caring for your enemies and the, like heaping coals on their yeah, head yeah. you know like like you that's know, what you, I want you understand like, what that means right? yeah yeah for sure and that's yes like I think that, that that's the problem is like I take that and so like my humanness is like oh like, I, I want God to just you know smite this person yeah. <laughs> that's that's my way of of trusting you're relating God to Jonah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely that's i think that's that's 100 who i'm but, yeah. and, and as i think about this this whole idea because god's forgiveness when we come to god we don't come to just forgiveness we come to reconciliation uh, which is you know it's a little bit different that the forgiveness is there and we stand in the place of this of the person who has sinned and we come to this point of forgiveness yeah. God is inviting us to offer forgiveness that does not come to reconciliation mm-hmm. unless the other person chooses to walk into reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And so what, what I think what I think's going on here, <laughs> I struggle with this. I do, because this is man, you gotta forgive yeah. if I'm gonna forgive you. Mm-hmm. And yet God's forgiveness is is there. God's already forgiven, but we can't forgive us, but we can't come to that forgiveness unless we're willing to forgive. Yeah. And I think this is about character. That that God is saying if we're going to have a reconciled character, mm-hmm. then your character has to be reconciled to my character. And my character is all about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we come to God with this ideal that, okay, I'm going to forgive because you're going to punish them, we've really not reconciled our mm-hmm. character to God's character, we've reconciled our God's character to our character, mm-hmm. and so um, I, I don't know if that was. If it, does that make any sense? No, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I think this ties in. So I, I wrote a note uh, just while you, while you're preaching of, of this, where my mind was was going here. I think this might be a good good place to interject that um, you had said. Uh, I didn't write it down exactly, but essentially, human forgiveness is not dependent on the other person receiving the forgiveness. Um, do so. So what I started thinking is we often say that God's forgiveness is dependent on us receiving it. And so there seems to be some sort of discrepancy there of I can forgive a person without that person receiving it. But we say that God, God's forgiveness is dependent upon us receiving that forgiveness because we're receiving reconciliation that's the difference yeah I, and, and i think that that's i think that that's ultimately what we the the difference there um i just think that man we've we've maybe not fully grasped that at times because we've made so much out of Again, forgiveness for sins, releasing from punishment, mm-hmm. um, in even in our relationship with God, um, and I think that when when we do that, these things don't line up <laughs> because you can't say that forgiveness isn't dependent on upon humans, but then God's forgiveness is dependent on us. There's there's that discrepancy, but I think that that's ultimately, I think ultimately you're right is um, this goal of reconciliation. 
Um, and that makes all the difference there. So, so we, when we think of John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only God's son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That, you know, in our, in our Wesleyan, Armenian way of thinking things, we believe that the death of Jesus and what God did through Jesus on the cross is sufficient for everyone. That, that God has already made a way for everyone. He's forgiven everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But not everyone will say, Yes, is, right. is our Wesleyan or Armenian yeah. understanding yeah. of that. But um, when we put so much emphasis on that, that receiving, that freedom, the receiving, and the, which leads to the, the freedom from uh, punishment, mm -hmm. um, then that, like, that's that's a, I think it's an impossible concept to to grasp right. <laughs> that this idea that God has forgiven, like Jesus said, it is finished. Like it, it wasn't just and, sins and the, and, the, had, and the punishment's gone. Yeah, and, and I, I believe it's uh, Frank Moore that writes, and C.S. I, I, I Lewis writes as well, uh, that the doors of hell are locked from the inside. Right. <laughs> that, that it's not that God's yeah. putting anyone, no, yeah. God doesn't send anyone yeah. Yeah. To, to, to hell. Right. People choose yeah. that. Sure. And you see that even in, in, in life, you yeah. see that, that people will absolutely choose yeah. to, to live the worst mm. lives mm. When there's something better, but people will choose that. So, so I don't know if that's helpful or not. Yeah. But, but no, yeah. yeah. And I struggle with that too, because, you know, the more I've thought about the sermon, yeah, God's inviting reconciliation, not just forgiveness. Yeah. Forgiveness mm -hmm. is there. For sure. Uh, we're inviting. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I guess, yeah. you know, as, as I would look at this, I would say that in our forgiveness, we're, it's an invitation to reconciliation to mm -hmm. someone mm -hmm. that we're going to say, we're going to live with the same character of God and we're going to live with these open arms, willing to reconcile to anyone who's willing to reconcile. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, I feel like I'm dying. No, no, right? that's, that's good. No, I think that's good because I think there's a difference in, in a way, the kind of forgiveness that I can offer someone who has hurt me and the kind of forgiveness that God offers. Um, and so like I can offer my forgiveness to say like I'm no longer going to let that keep like I'm not I'm no longer going to sit here and hold my hurt against you. But that doesn't like my, my forgiveness doesn't bring the absolution of sin. Like my forgiveness doesn't return that person to a sinless state. My forgiveness doesn't. But God's forgiveness because it is that reconciliation when I in effect channel that I think that by offering forgiveness we point the way to to the idea of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. We point the way to like, you don't understand how I can forgive you because of how you've hurt me? Well, let me tell you. Like, mm -hmm. let me tell sure. you about something so much better even than that. Yeah. Um, and I think, I feel like it was a few weeks ago, I thought it was on here that we were even delving into a little bit, there's that passage about like the unforgivable sin or like the person who can't be forgiven. And it's like, well, can't be because they would never ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Like, like yeah. the only reason that you yeah. quote unquote couldn't be forgiven yeah is if you just never received it, you never accepted it, right. you rejected the idea that you had yeah. any need for that. Yeah, that was a good Catholic word, absolution. Absolution, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Hey, that I was had my good. first communion and everything, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let's let's dive, well, there's a couple things I had that was really interesting to me as I as I thought about talking about, were you gonna say something, Josh? I don't wanna cut you off. No, no. I, this yeah, ideal I of David's sin with Bathsheba. Um, David, I mean, and to me, he really sins against Uriah the Hittite. He kills him. You know, yeah. you know, he has an affair with his wife. And then in his confession, he says, it's against you, God, and you, God, only that I have sinned. Um, <laughs> what, what do you think he's saying there? Is he just wrong? 
Yes. <laughs> you think he's just I, wrong? I think so. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think he's wrong, and I think this also, um, this also leads to some very unhealthy practices in in our church in, in church culture, um, where we can kind of let someone off the hook because they've. Because if, if he's only sinning against God, um, I've, I've repented, I've, I've asked for forgiveness from God, and, and I'm, I'm clear. And there's no, like, and I still struggle with this because there's not any sort of, like, David's not being held accountable for his actions here. <laughs> um, like, in an earthly, you know what I mean? Um, God does. God holds him. Sure. But, and so that I guess that's where I struggle. Um here and now, like in in real life, um, let's just say that there's a, a terrible sin committed against someone within the church, um, and to say like, "Oh, he's forgiven by God," and then that's the end of it. Like, no, I'm not okay with that. And, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, but I think that when we when we land where I've sinned against you alone, like that that that's logical. Um, that I don't know if I'm portraying what I'm wanting to portray here or not. No, I think I struggle with that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have some thoughts. Barr, what do you think? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I hundred percent, I, I feel the same way. It's like, well, wait, yeah, you kind of take away the accountability of making those amends with, with the people that you've harmed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of the other side of that though, when I think about times that I've been harmed or I've felt and, and like that people have sinned against me. There is a, a moment maybe where I, in some of those where I can like almost take it back and be like, wait, it really wasn't about me at all. Like the hurt that I felt was a consequence of something, of something different. Like, so there's like their sin, they didn't break necessarily a rule that I gave them, but the harm to me happened out of, of the <laughs> widespreading ripples of, of sin. And, and of the consequences of the sin in this person's life. And so not, not that that doesn't take it away, but just that sometimes like when we see the, the ripples and the hurts that happen to people, like hurt people hurt people. And so if I can take myself out of the equation and say, well, it really isn't about me at all, but it also is like, I'm really hurt and all this thing, but like that person didn't maybe design to hurt me intentionally, but I've, I've been hurt out of the way that this person is hurting. Um, which again, I feel like could be a really like a rosy picture, and that's easy to say from the outside when you aren't actually being hurt by something. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I think that there are times where where that's the case, but like the truth is, <laughs> against Uriah and Bathsheba, yeah. like those it's were sig- yeah. those were significant, and so like was it a consequence of the sin? Maybe, but like it was about her. <laughs> like it was this was about yeah. Bathsheba. This was about Uriah. Um, that he did some pretty horrendous yeah. things to, um, and and like to to just downplay that, or just to simplify it to a sin against God, <laughs> and is just I. Maybe is he kind of going back to like and again, we kind of only read the text the way it is, yeah, but sure. like is he kind of tracing it back to the root? Because we have, we talk about like love the Lord your God is the most important thing. Love your neighbors yourself. Like is he almost tracing this root of his sin back to like wow, I did not love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that is, that, that 
that sin, that moment there where I did not love you and serve you that way, that just like spiderweb shattered throughout my entire life. So I don't know if he's, if, if like we can so much just be like, oh, well, it was just that one sin and we can remove everything else. But is he recognizing that that was maybe the uh, kind of the part that set it all off? So maybe we need to distinguish between sin and violation, whatever, mm-hmm. right? So if we're, if we're going to use the sin in that manner, then yeah, it's that sinning against God. But that doesn't, and so maybe we don't, we don't want to say sinned against Bathsheba and Uriah, but like significantly violated. Oh, absolutely. You know, and so, right. so I guess maybe that's, but to the point, as soon as he rejected God's laws, like it almost like <laughs> almost removed him in a way from those from those laws. Like when we like, and that's why I think sometimes when we talk about like um, people who are not yet Christians, like we don't talk about like holding them sometimes to the same standards that we hold ourselves because they don't recognize that lordship over their life. And so I feel like as soon as he rejected kind of the sovereignty of God in his life, he was kind of in no yeah. man's land. I mean, he yeah. was in a, a free fall. Yeah, yeah. But freaking hold him accountable, like. In a in a worldly manner, you know what I mean. That, well, for that's sure. what I struggle with. I mean, and he did like, like there was definitely pain and suffering that came out of this. The, yeah, Probably, but that's like, not just for him too. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get like no, I, that pain and suffering. And may, maybe this is just very human. Like that pain and suffering wasn't. He should have been in peace. Yeah, should've like he should not have been held like <laughs> remained in power. <laughs> like you, is that, no. 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 I, I, I think that yell, this is, but, no, no, this is I, big. Again, I, yeah. And I think that this was the beginning of so much unraveling in his family. I mean, you look at Absalom yeah, and all of sure, those things. For like, sure, for sure. So, which are natural, which are the natural consequences, consequences and right. consequences of that sin. But so like, still, there's no. The way that, but still, there's no like. There doesn't seem to be earthly accountability here. And I, I, I think that that's ultimately what I'm getting at is, like, if forgiveness of sins, um, if we if we make that remove any sort of earthly like accountability then i i don't think that that's okay and there's injustice yes there. yes, yes. Okay. exactly I'm you. I'm that's great you. Okay. yeah that's a great yeah. way to put it yes you saw yes. you summed up all my yellings no. here in one word <laughs> I, I, there's I'm no justice like, and like, i don't is it? this is this was this feels unjust yes yeah yes yeah solve us here <laughs> no, I, I don't i don't <laughs> think there's an easy answer right. <laughs> i i think i think what david's acknowledging though is that a sinning in a relationship between us as a sin against God. I mean, so I think if yes. he said, I sinned against you, God. No, I think we'd accept it, but it's against you and you alone, God, yeah. that I've sinned. I, I think there's a lot of repercussions in David's life because of this. I mean, I, I it, it's, you know, they, they didn't remove him from kingship, but I believe the respect that David had in the community completely dropped, and you see that in Absalom. Um, you know, I, I, I you know, they, they lose the child, you know, this is God's judgment. So there's there's all sorts of stuff that happens. I I I don't know what is it eye for an eye? No, I don't think it's that. So does David die? Does you know what what happens? Sure. So there's a lot that happens in David's life as a result of this that I think some of it's self-inflicted. Um, I, I think I think he there there seems to be a withdrawal from from the community life yeah. from leadership. I think yeah. David loses all of his authority. Um, for for a long long time at least, well, certainly and, his place in his family as far as leading yeah. his family spiritually. Yeah, I mean, and so I, I would say now, 
I, I don't know what else he could have done. Um, again, but that's besides the point. That that the what I was more focused on was that line, and I mean it's it's always stood out against yeah. you and you alone. Yeah. No, you know, there's other <laughs> well, there involved. Yeah. But, but I think what David's trying to acknowledge, and maybe not in an artful way, and maybe we don't understand the original translation correctly, yeah. is that when we sin against others. It's not just us and them; it's us and God. Yeah, for sure. There, for there's sure. a that 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 is a sin against God. Yeah, to sin against others. absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And so I, and I guess that's probably the other side. David's the one that needed forgiveness. Yeah, uh, not the one that was given forgiveness here. Yeah. Um, let's kind of wind this up with. I used a phrase at the end of the sermon uh, that that I think is is pretty good. That confession and forgiveness is not what God wants from us; it's what God wants for us. That, that sometimes we look at these things as, oh, i got to forgive or I've got to confess. These aren't bad things. Mm-hmm. Am I missing the point there? No. No, no I think so, which I think ties. And again, I think this, this goes back to a conversation that we already had on, again, some sermon series. <laughs> um, but this idea of um, you know God's forgiveness of us being tied to our forgiving of others. Um, we, we, when we make that like this transactional kind of what we have to to do what we have to give in order to get something like it it gets really convoluted and and messy but like when we see it as an invitation of a way to a way of life um, a way a way of life that is representative of God's character that he wants to invite us into that and and part of that way of life involves confession and forgiveness Um, and it's not again it's not this transactional kind of requirement thing it's more of this let me show you the way that i do this and i'm going to invite you to join me in that so there then it's not something he wants from us because again that kind of is that transactional thing but it's a way of life that he wants for us i think that's good and i feel like so many of these things it's like as you as you hear about them and like you you know better and you learn better like so you want to do better like i feel like so often i kind of just put this all through the frame even of parenting and realizing it kind of hit me this morning as I was talking with my kids that so often like I will invite one of them to prayer we'll pray together and I will realize that like we've we'll pray for for good dreams at night or we'll we'll thank God for our food or we'll pray for people who are sick and hurting but realizing and being very convicted of the fact that I don't often walk my children through this idea of confessing and asking for repentance. And like, so if, if I'm professing this thing, this belief that we all, we all sin, if we claim we have no sin, like we're a liar, but yet I'm not providing those opportunities and inviting my children to, to see that day in and day out about this idea of, of with God in prayer, we are, we are confessing and we're asking for repentance. And that in that, that practice prepares us then to extend that forgiveness. I was talking to my kids this morning on the way to my mom's house and I was like, do you think it, is it easier to like already be ready to forgive someone before they ask? Or do you prefer to wait till that person like asks you for forgiveness and then decide in that moment? Like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) And it was just interesting as we're talking, like it's a lot easier if you've already kind of decided and you've already forgiven that person when they do come to you and ask for it. That it infects you're just like well yeah of course like I already I already gave that to you it was already yours right. and I feel like that's how God is like mm-hmm. when we humble yeah, ourselves yeah. and we realize that like He's sitting there going of course yeah I've been sitting here I'm just yeah. <laughs> it's yours yeah. it's always been yours yeah that's good um, and so trying to figure out I'm like okay I, like that's what I want for my kids I, I want them to to live in that kind of 
accepting forgiveness and giving forgiveness and then it's just like breathing in and breathing out it's good yeah so in our small group we we watched that video but then we didn't have a lot of discussion on it the the uh, bob golf video so mm -hmm. we watched the uh, ted talk from Brittany renee brown Brittany brown mm -hmm. on vulnerability yeah and you know she's a researcher and what she's determining is that authenticity and vulnerability is the key to wholeheartedness and whole lifeness and mm -hmm. you know happy and joy and peace and all those things mm -hmm. that yeah. we seek and so I think forgiveness and confession are authentic um, and and uh, vulnerable practices yeah. that yeah. you know so so what God's inviting us to is, is not something that's going to make life less full it's going to make life more full mm -hmm. and so the, these grudges that we hold um, these things that we hold on these things that we hold back from God yeah. never lead to something better in our life and right. uh, you know what why i'm 58 years old why does it take me so long to to, to understand <laughs> that, that, that god's not trying to withhold good things from me he's trying to give me yeah, good things that's kind of been interesting you, you know I, I think we're shaping each other with what you're we're talking about you talked about the master builder and you know listening to the word of god that you know somehow through uh the, the master builder and his instructions we 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 come to something more beautiful and, and Josh, your group's talking about, you know, boundaries and barriers not being there for, for <laughs> they're there for our benefit. Yeah, All this stuff, right. God's, yeah. God's at work in our life for our good. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's right. What's it? Scripture you use Sunday. He is, I think, or maybe Amy used it. He is for us, yeah. not against yeah. us. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah. Well, anything else before we close yeah. in prayer? This is good. Yep. Right, good I like stuff. we can get into it. Thanks for, I like when we get into it. I'm like, I feel like, I'm I'm like no. shoot, did I go, did I go too no, crazy no. here? Because like, for me, I'm like, I really hope that this does spur other conversations. Yeah, for sure. It's okay for to sure. sit there and go, this makes no sense. Yeah. Like, like, and, and even after we've talked about it, you're still like, this is yeah. no, no. But like, that's okay. Let's sharpen each other. Let's, yeah. let's yeah. keep talking that's about right. it. Don't, don't keep it, don't keep it secret. Yeah, yeah it's that. For sure. If the reality is, if, if God's word always makes sense to you and it never is a struggle, you're not looking deep enough. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And then I love the Mark Twain quote, quote Mark Twain says, it's not the things in the Bible that I don't understand that yeah. bothers me. It's the things that I do yeah. understand that's that right. bother me. That's true. And that's the truth. So true. That's for sure. Well, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this, this conversation. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for the, the example of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you've come to give life, not take life. And Lord, in our, in our giving of ourselves to you, we, we don't lose anything, but we find everything. Help us, Lord, to be forgiving. Help us to be willing to confess when we, we fail. Lord, may we uh, be authentic and vulnerable to you and authentic and vulnerable to each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless. See you.